Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Morale Clubhouse. This episode is brought to you by Clubhouse Athletic Custom Team Apparel. If you're looking for new jerseys for your 16-inch softball league or if you're coaching a little league team, they got you covered. Any colors you want, any design you want, they'll hook it up. Go to their website to get some design inspiration. They got hundreds of designs on there for you and fill out a custom form to get going. Make sure to let them know that Morale sent you and you get additional 25% off your order. www.clubhouseathletic.com It's www.clubhouseathletic.com Now let's get into it. Good, how are you? Let me know when we're ready great. to go. Got a lot to talk about. You were ready to go in our pre-show talk for five minutes. You're just ranting on, and I was just trying to catch up with you a bit. I was like, the, the show hasn't started. Oh, I know. There's a lot to talk about. A lot to go through. All right, Wally, you tweet it out. We'll start with the morale for the week. Everyone can close their eyes if you're not tweeting, not driving. If it is important to you, you will find a way. If not, you'll find an excuse. Have a great day, my people. Albert Alzali, May twentieth. He's the All best. Right, kick us off. He, we need to get him back on the mound. We need to get him back on the mound. It seems like it's been too long. Can't wait for him to get back on the mound. He's doing his best from from how far away he is with these quotes. Yeah, no, he really is. I, I I miss him. I miss seeing him out there. To be honest, I know the last time we talked to him, he was in good spirits. Uh, I haven't. Maybe I should do a little bit more research or ask him point blank on uh, what his timetable is. But I I want him to get back. We need we need him back. We need him to start making progress. Looking forward to it. Folks, thanks for being here. I know I'm, I have mixed emotions because uh, I know yesterday was fun. You had the uh, Patrick Wisdom, Frank Schwindel, even though he's not real, home run. Uh, back-to-back home runs. They're running around the bases like they're in Little League. Um, it's uh, a sight to be seen. I know it's exciting. At the same time, and you all know I'm not the one to be pessimistic or the one to bring a whole negative vibe to the team, but it's just a gut punch looking at the standings every single day. It's a, it's brutal to know that the Cubs have the second worst record in baseball right now, that they're projected for 64 wins. That is with Wilson Contreras and plenty of other guys on the roster that will probably be traded. It's just tough to, uh, it's tough to swallow right now considering what we were told. From Jed Hoyer, from Tom Ricketts, from many of the front office personnel, from really the narrative that was centered around the team uh, over the offseason that we were trying to compete and we were trying to win and we were trying to take a step forward. I'm having a hard time gathering that and seeing where this is really different than 2012. I have I mean, I have so many receipts out there from last August and September saying this was not like 2012. Um, I'm just having a hard time really gathering all the information we have right now and saying that it's anything different. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you can talk me off the ledge. That's normally not the situation that we're in. I'm the type of person that wants to know where we're at. While I do have hope that the Cubs will be good once again, I am also really challenging the thought that 
2023 team would be able to compete. A 2024 team is a team that could go to a league championship series, right? These are the types of stepping stones that obviously have to be conquered when you're rebuilding. So it's challenging. This wasn't what it was supposed to be. It never really had to be like this. We talk about that every week. And I'm having a hard time believing that a 60-win team is not what the end result is going to be for 2022, which totally sucks. It blows. I can't say that enough. But um, I'm sure many of you want to talk about that. There are plenty of other things to talk about that. The big uh, disagreement uh, theory on how Cubs fans should sit in bleacher seats I have plenty of thoughts of my own, not siding with one person or another. I just think it's it's a wild story. and But it's also, an, it's like endearing, wild, stupid, ridiculous, all wrapped into one. Um, and I guess I guess that's, that's something that would come out of a season like this or a start like this when we're, whatever, eight, eight games under 500 and nine and a half games back already uh, at the end of May. So... That's really all I got, but I know uh, many people want to talk and share their thoughts, and hopefully we can do that today. Yeah, we'll start bringing you guys on, start uh, raising your hand, requesting in, and we'll start bringing you on. Uh, Fred, obviously you and I are different types of fans of baseball, like different experiences and different types of fans of the Cubs. So, I mean, obviously I'm with you in the same way that we need to be putting out a more competitive team and all that, but I also have – a little bit like I've uh, the past three games I've went to like I'm going to see a team that's competing and it's fun of course it sucks some of the games that like Justin Steele is shoving and we can't you know pull a win out of that but going into the season expecting a bad team or you know not a competitive team like I I wasn't I'm not completely disappointed by by the play there's a lot of excitement seeing Swisdom and seeing like you said like uh, I think you tweeted out yesterday that those guys need to live in our memories because they're bringing us some baseball we'll never forget in the gap year. Um, so there's a lot of positives I'm taking away. I know there's a lot to be pissed off about and ask more from the ownership, but the past few games I've been joining the games and just a note from, from a more casual side of, of baseball, I guess. That Wrigley is a place for, and the Cubs are simply an avenue for people to, you know, forget about their daily lives and, take a break from you know the everyday stress that we all feel and anxiety and things like that absolutely absolutely and i totally agree and i'm thankful that you can go to the federal landmark and you can go to wrigley and for people right now it's not super expensive um so people are able to enjoy that i know that's a that's another topic you and i were just talking about that before the show at the same time not to discredit your thoughts on the team i just you, we all want the Cubs to win, but I think after going through the competitive window, the golden era, whatever you want to call it, I also have this like newfound appreciation for actually having a good team and knowing what that takes and thinking back to all the years that we thought we had a really, really good team. And objectively, we did have a good team, like 2018, like 95-win team really good players, all-stars, and then you don't win in a wild-card game against the Rockies. I just know everything that goes into it, and then you think to where we are right now, and 
I again, I don't want to be the pessimist. I'm nor I'm often not the pessimist. I'm I'm often told that I'm the biggest homer of all time, and I, you know, don't tell the truth, and I'm just selling people snake oil about the Chicago Cubs. It's like I I just really struggle to see how we're going to make up that much ground, especially now with uh, the draft being totally different and collective bargaining being totally different and. Now we have a new, you know, we, we have a decade's worth of data or experience with how the Ricketts family are going to actually handle and manage the team. It's uh, it's just, it's totally different now than it was before. And I, Jed will be the first one to tell you that. I just have a hard time thinking that we're in a different situation than we were before. And maybe I'm wrong. I'd love to hear how people think I'm wrong. When you just look at the objective facts, it would be different if the Cubs have a, had a top five farm system right now. They don't. They have a middle. They have a, a middling farm system. I'm not saying they have, they don't have good players. I'm not saying Brandon Davis isn't going to be good, but it's not like we have a top five farm system. It's not like we're developing prospects at a, a ridiculous rate like we were before. So again, as someone who is often criticized for not being objective. It's very hard to look at the team objectively and not think anything different. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'm, there's no one pulling for this team more than I am. There's no one looking for the Chicago Cubs to be good uh, than me. I, I'm, the, I'm the guy that gasses them up like no other. Uh, it's just tough to do when literally in 70 days, Wilson Contreras is going to be gone and Kyle Hendricks could be gone and a list of other Chicago Cubs could be gone as well. Um, Because again, if you could trade Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, get rid of Kyle Schwartz for nothing. You can, you can get rid of anyone. There's no, there's like, like Anthony Rizzo says, there's no loyalty in this game. So uh, that's where my thoughts are. Right. That's where I'm at right now. We're, We're a bad, we're a bad series away from having the same record as the goddamn Dick Ballers. Christ almighty, talk me off the ledge. I'm supposed to be doing that. Regardless, I want to hear what everyone has to say. All right, we'll start with what you led in with originally. You know, there's no fight in the bleachers. There's plenty of fighting in Twitter uh, this past weekend. Um, Do you want to first set the stage of, like, for people that aren't in the meat of Twitter and Cubs Twitter – about what happened, and then uh, we can dive into your take and hear, hear from other people. First off, I, I don't have any like firsthand experience of this, and I don't have any firsthand account of this situation. I have had multiple people reach out to me. I've also I've had Cubs employees reach out to me regarding it. Um, I guess it has to do with one fan. I don't. I'm not going to say the fan's name. You probably can. You probably know or could look up who the fan is. Very prominent uh, Cubs fan, sits in the bleachers all the time. He has this particular spot that he sits in every single game. Um, he goes to the game, I believe, on Saturday. He finds that two fans were sitting in his spot. And when asked to see if he could get his spot back, the fan did not allow him to sit there or did not offer to move. Granted, general admission seat, so technically – he didn't have to move. I guess there was also then antagonizing, ha- some antagonization happening between the fan sitting in the seat and the fan who was originally 
sitting in uh, who had been sitting in the seat for a long time uh, because he didn't like his Twitter account or his beliefs or his political views. I don't know. There was something along those lines. If someone wants me to correct me, that's totally fine and give more context. But I feel like I have enough information to speak on it or speak as a, you know, just an observer of what what, what happened. Regardless of that, it obviously let off a total Twitter storm where people were either on one side or the other. I feel like I'm in the middle because I tweeted out yesterday. I love the fact that people are claiming their seats. While I don't necessarily agree with it, I love the fact that we have fans here that are so committed and so um, so consistent and firm within their Cubs fandom that they believe that they have to sit in that seat so the Cubs can win. And while it might, they obviously might be making fun of themselves or they're saying it facetiously, I share that same thing considering I have one of the biggest egos on Twitter of all time and the stuff I say gets blown out of proportion all the time. Cause I'm just being ridiculous. And this is a place to be ridiculous. I love that. That's actually coming into real life where there's, there's real life conversations happening for general mission seats. Hey, you can't sit there because I sit here actually. <laughs> um, I, I laugh even thinking about it. And then the fact that other, a fan was willing enough to sit in that seat, to use it as a, um, to, to use it as a way to prove a point, is just absolutely mind blowing. I think both sides could have handled it better. I, I don't mean to throw myself into it, even though I'm talking on the topic right now. I cannot imagine if I were to do the same thing and tweet out that same thing and take that stance publicly, I'd be crucified for it. Uh, it, it's wild. I, I, I love the move. It's a crazy move. I could not do it myself, but it, it's also worth like it's 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 worth the the pushback and it's a it's worth the blowback because it is ridiculous and they are general admission seats. It's ridiculous that someone would take it that far. Uh, the whole thing is wild. I'm I'm assuming everyone has a take in here. I'm really not taking a side at all because I think again could have been handled differently but it's just a it's a wild 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 deal yeah i i understand why you're not taking a side on it i think i think i see the comedy and the fact that of the whole total situation comedy. this is total comedy for me total comedy that's my i think it's the, crazy gatekeeping and trying to like scare people off from doing the wrong thing in the bleachers where it's supposed to be just a place where everyone's just enjoying the game and now we're watching these people whatever it sounds it sounds a little crazy to me i'm on that side i know you uh but it's also rather but, just watch from afar yeah but at the same time i may maybe i'm wrong i didn't take it as gatekeeping i took it more as like I, I took it more as like the pride of sitting in that seat or at least at least making or at least starting the conversation that hey like that's my seat can I at least he was trying to say, can I at least sit in that seat? And then it became a real thing, I guess, because the fans had differing views and one fan openly didn't like the other fan. And that's where it became like a bigger thing. And obviously then it was taken to Twitter and that's when it kind of blew up. It, it's it, it's just wild. I look at it from a few pure comedy standpoint and I don't want to be I don't want to negate the fact that 
if it was happening to another fan, like I know the 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 UK Chicago Cubs Twitter page uh, commented on it, and they were like, "We're coming to the federal landmark in a couple months." Like, I would feel really bad to go to Wrigley for the first time and experience, you know, the bleachers for the first time and feel nervous or anxious that I was sitting in someone's seat. And obviously that's not a situation you want to put someone else in when it's general mission seats. I get that. But it's just, there, there, there's some, there, there's something inside me that, that appreciates the ridiculousness of it. Even if I don't agree with it or, um, would do it myself. It, it's just, it's just a wild story. And I think that's why it blew up and became as popular as it did. Popular isn't the right word, but as viewed as it was on Twitter, because obviously everyone had a stance to it. And, you know, I, I think there's, there's valid points on both sides, even though, even though it's just crazy that it even came to this, it's crazy. I also think it's important and only fair to point out that the people that sat in those seats did it knowingly and purposefully. Knowingly, it wasn't yes, like these were just random fans. So yes. it was targeted. So it's important to note that. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't. Hey, oh, sorry. I had no idea. It was like, no, I'm sitting in the seat. I'm proving you a lesson. Just like a big F you to the fan. And. I don't know. The, the fact that the fan was then asked by Cubs players if everything was all right the following day, I mean, it, it just shows that it, it, it's different here. It's, no other place would that happen. No other place would that happen. It's a special, right. stupid, dumb, ridiculous thing all wrapped into one. All right, we'll bring in our first guest. Jason was the first to request. You're first up, Jason. What's going on, guys? How are you, What's Dom? Up, Jason? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. Did you wish Aaron congratulations on his wedding this weekend? Who? Aaron Handler. Oh, Aaron. No, I did. I didn't even know he was getting married. He's one of our morale guys. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. He's one of my day. He's one of my day ones from college to get married in Florida this weekend. Oh, this upcoming weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last weekend. Yeah, yeah. Upcoming. Okay, I'll make sure I text him as soon as this is over. Thank you for reminding me. I appreciate that. Of course. So, bring in Aaron as we speak. He just requested So I, I just I think it's very telling of where we are as a fan base right now. The fact that we're having an elongated discussion about <laughs> grown adults, of course, going into the bleachers. <laughs> I, I think you're totally right. I it is different here, and it's exciting that we have fans that are so passionate of like, hey, I want to sit here. But it feels a little childish, guys. Like of the course. fact that this this totally. is what we're arguing about, like adults. Totally. It's super petty for everyone involved, but like if the fucking poverty Rangers can go give a half million dollars to their middle infield and the $4.3 billion Chicago Cubs are having their fans more focused and arguing in the fucking bleachers versus what's actually happening on the field. I don't know. Um, More focusing on that because I think that's, I don't know. I think that's the important conversation that we're having here today. I'm just, I'm just sad. You know, we're all such diehard Cubs fans. And, you know, I'm living in a city right now in Colorado I don't like. And getting the chance to turn on the Cubs every day is like that giant hug. But it just yeah. – it feels, it feels like we're back in 2012 again. And that's not what we were told. You know, we were promised by this front office that this was going to be a whole different, you know, we're not rebuilding anymore and we're going to, you know, take our winnings and we're going to keep going. And it just – it feels like a dagger, Dom. Would you not agree? Yeah, no, I totally agree. It, it, yeah, it was childish. It, it's It's – totally deflecting what is actually going on with the team. And it's a microcosm of fans being 
as frustrated as they are to go out of their way to whether is antagonize another fan or go public with your like alleged seat or mm-hmm. whatever it may be. Yeah, you're you're totally right. And I I know the the 2012 thing that I was talking about earlier. I, I agree, and that's not to diminish what the Cubs have in the minor leagues. It's not Agreed. to diminish what the Cubs are building or what these young guys like Justin Steele and plenty of, I mean, I'm the biggest Justin, Justin Steele fan there is. I just have a hard time seeing that it's any different than it was a decade ago. And I, I really don't think I'm looking at it in a pessimistic standpoint, but yeah, you're, you're, you're right. This is, this is not what we should be talking about. We're talking about it here because this is a Twitter space and of course, I'm literally driving home uh, <laughs> right now. But it's um yeah it, we we should be talking about bigger things we should be talking about competing for an uh, NL Central Division we should be talking about having like a uh, a better record than the Dick Ballers better than just four games you should be fifteen games better than the Dick, the Dick Ballers I mean it's uh yeah you're totally right I, I wish it wasn't the case but that is where we are and uh, unfortunately we kind of we kind of have to live with it right now. I don't know about you guys. I think I'm just frustrated at what our timeline looks like. It just sucks that, you know, at least we saw the vision, right? Like when we saw, you know, seven, eight years ago, we saw the vision. We saw Chris Bryant coming up. We saw Javi coming up. We saw, you know, Indiana Hoosier, Kyle Schwarber coming up. And now we we got some exciting guys, you know, uh, PCA is on a fucking tear. Um, And it's exciting. But like you said, Dom, we're like, we have a very middle of the road farm system. So it's like, we don't really know what to be excited about. We have a couple guys who are kind of shoving it down people's throats. Then we have a bullpen that blows the league. Then we trade away all of our stars. And we're like, okay, we're going to keep Willie. And now we might not keep Willie. And it's just like, I don't, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Yeah, we're, we're not keeping Willie. We're not, Willie you don't is think so, so long gone. He's so gone. I hate saying that. He's so gone. Jed wants no part of him. He's never wanted any part. It was never Willie Contreras as a Cub long-term. I'm going to keep trying to speak it into existence, but he's so gone. He's so I, – I hate saying that. He's so gone. They won't even talk to him right now. It's crazy. It's it crazy. Makes no sense. And, you know, for, and, and I don't mean to go on a tangent here because we were talking about uh, – we are just talking about the bleacher stuff. But for Jed to go and say, I talk to Wilson every single day. I have a great relationship with Wilson. Well, guess what, Jed? Guess what? This is the fourth time now where you're going to go – Oh, for one of your core players, it's not going to end right. It's not going to end well because at the end of the day, these guys want to get paid. They want to be respected. They want to at least know that you're interested or not. Like the fact that they haven't offered anything, haven't had any real discussions, haven't had any real contract negotiations is insane. I say it every single week, but just for Jed to have the, you know, he had to throw it in there with the last press conference last week. Hey, I talked to I talked to Wilson every single day. We have a great relationship, and that's all that matters right now. Or I'm paraphrasing, but it was something along those lines. So yeah, mm-hmm. you're totally right. I, I it is frustrating. I don't know what the timetable is. I, I wish I did. I don't. I don't know if they know what the timetable is. Jed keeps saying it's not 2012 because things are different. He said that on 670 the score last week, but he wasn't specific. And I'm not saying he has to be specific. I know you don't want to show all your cards. I know the ownership doesn't have to tell all their secrets. I get it. But at least be honest, considering the statements that they made last year. Tom Ricketts tells Danny Rocket over in the bleachers, we're going to have a good team next year. Buy us a team. Jed goes on record saying, you know, we're trying to compete. We want to get into the playoff. We value that, all that type of stuff. 
you, you, you hit it on the head, Dom. Um, I don't know. I'm just like walking around my living room, looking at my Cubs gear. It's just like, just like, what the fuck, man? We've all been there, Jason. We were, we're, we're all there right now. The only difference is that I'm driving home in my 2002 Toyota Corolla with no AC. That's the only difference between you and me right now. You're unreal, Dom. We thank you for your service and support God of the bless. team. God bless. Thanks, Jason. My man. Thanks, Jason. Bringing up great points. Thanks, guys. One of the big ones being Aaron, who's on here. Aaron will bring you on. We're excited for you this weekend. You're down yeah, yeah. now. Aaron, yeah. congrats. Yeah, you know, you know, morale, it's, it's uh, we, not me. So uh, it's not about me this weekend, guys. It's about beating the White Sox. Uh, so hopefully we can have some morale this weekend. Uh, do have to agree with everything Jason said. Uh, middling of the road farm system, I would disagree with. I think it's a lot deeper than anything we've seen before. So that part is exciting. Um, but man, it's just, uh, it's tough though. It's a lot different it's, than the last five years. Uh, Aaron, Aaron, I think we can both agree. It'd be different if we had a top five farm system or a top 10 yeah. farm system, yeah. or, if, you know, like, I think we forget that. Back in the day, 2012, you still had Hobby Baez. You had Anthony Rizzo in the system. And those guys would obviously be legendary Cubs for years to come. And I'm not saying that Brennan Davis can't be that or PCA can't be that. But we've seen now from experience not only how hard it is for someone to make it to that level, but even with having those players on the team, how hard it is to actually win. It's just like a big – it's just a big – Thing that all has to come together and hopefully you get a 2016 season out of that but it's just it's tough because there's a very good chance like I was looking at the 2012 prospect list today because I was just comparing and going through hey you know what did the Cubs have back then you know what what did the prospects look like throughout Major League Baseball and when you have you know Matt Moore who was number one back in 2012 and then you go down the list that like uh I Tehran was one of them, and it's like, oh man, you can't you can't count on everything you see. And I I appreciate all the people that grind in the minor leagues, and especially the Twitter accounts and the the writers that are, are grinding with these guys on a day in day out basis. I really really appreciate that because it gives great context and great knowledge to the average casual fan who doesn't really know what we have in the minor leagues. But I think everyone would agree. Uh, it's not an exact science. Nothing really connects, and it's all kind of happenstance and chance to hopefully get a good player out of this, but you never really know. No, no I agree with you. And then, you know, going back to Wilson Contreras, everyone's like, oh, two years ago he could be expendable because with Miguel Amaya, and then Miguel Amaya exactly. hasn't really played a full season in three years. Yeah. You know, now – Ed Howard out for the year with a crazy hip injury. And, and you know, Braylon, Braylon Marquez. Marquez. Yeah. Haven't seen so, him since, you know, the, the, the White Sox uh, appearance on the yeah, south side, right? Now we don't even know what we're getting from him. He hasn't pitched I, this year. Yeah, and I think the casual fan that joined in 2015 saw that the rebuild works, and they probably think it's going to work every time. But if you look at, you know, the Orioles or someone else, um, it, it's not, it's not going to be, you know, 2016 every year. So – you can't win without spending money. Now, I don't want to spend like the Rangers and still suck. Uh, so you got to walk that fine line, and, and hopefully Jed can do that. But it's not fun. It's not fun right now. I And I know I say this a lot. I would rather the Cubs spend and be competitive 
in this short term than totally mail it in and say, you know, screw this. Like, we don't need to compete. That That's my personal stance. I don't believe it's good business to do this giant ebb and flow and total build up and total tear down. While I know that's part of winning and I know you need to have a strong minor league system and I know you have to have this influx of talent, this, you know, this bloodline of cheap talent every single year or at least on a consistent basis to even the scales in terms of payroll and in terms of age and in terms of, you know, ability. You mean, you mean more Daniel Descalso's second base? Yeah, it, it's really yeah. – I guess I, I, I was I'm, – I'm scarred from how the off-seasons of 2018 and 19 and 20 went to then say, well, we're not going to spend more or we're, we're just going to spend average – and then expect when we are good again that they're going to go above and beyond, even though they signed Darvish, they signed, you know, Kimbrell and all that type of stuff. It still yeah, was not only enough. Yeah, Kimbrell because of Ben Zobris. It, it, exactly. I mean, they have to put up a shot. There, there's, there's always an asterisk with it, right? It's, yeah. It, it shouldn't yeah. be that way. It, again, that's a different conversation, but, um, no, yeah, I, it's, it's I, just I tough. It, I it's, yeah, I, Aaron, I it's tough to the point where – before your wedding weekend, we're not only talking about the Cubs and, you know, their whatever, 400 win percentage, but we're talking about fans in general admission bleacher seats. It's uh, an odd time on Cubs Twitter right now. Odd, we're going to keep tweeting that morale out, and as long as Frank Schwindel keeps being not a real person, we'll have plenty of content. Absolutely. Aaron, have a great weekend. All right. All right. Thanks, boys. See ya. See ya. Thanks, Aaron. All right, next in we have uh, Trayson and then Joe Rats after him. What's up, Dom? What's up, Trace? How you doing? Hey, it just stinks, man. I mean, you, you look at this year and you just saw, like, on how fine a line this year really was. You got Nico, Madrigal, Adbert, Mills, all those guys that have either seen time on the IL or haven't even played. And they were all factored into this, yeah. you know, season of 22, which you just don't even get to see now. So it, it looks as if we're really it's it's countdown to to trade deadline. Yeah. We, so it's, but j- just your thoughts. You you had brought up that everyone's on the table. So when you look at Willie. You look at Hendricks. You look at Stroman. You know, really anybody. It, I you know, I genuinely believe. I'd say the one guy who's. Pre- I don't want to say untouchable because I, I don't think anyone's ever untouchable on a 60-win team or a 400-winning percentage team. I think, like, the, the young pitchers, Justin Steele, Keegan Thompson, Efros, yeah. I, I, I don't see them being moved. I'd say everyone I, – I, I said it as soon as Marcus Stroman signed – well, I said it privately, and I know Adam can back me up because when Stroman – when the Stroman deal was going on – and I probably tweeted this too – like that to me screamed Jed saw an opportunity to sign a very valuable quality starting pitcher who has a great track record in Marcus Stroman for a very team friendly deal and you know just put up the money for him to uh, then potentially acquire a player down the road. I, I don't see why Marcus Stroman wouldn't be on the trade deadline uh, trade block. It's a there's two years left of the deal and yeah. I, I mean who are we going to kid ourselves if, if we think the Chicago Cubs are going to 
win a World Series in the next two years. I, I, again, and this comes from one of the most optimistic fans out there in, in, in myself. I, I just don't see that being the case. I think we might get to a playoff, but I, I just don't see Marcus Stroman being a part of that. And knowing that Jed is going to capitalize during the trade deadline, I don't see if Marcus Stroman is dealing in June and July why he wouldn't be the number one candidate to you know get traded. I don't, I don't see why it wouldn't be the case. So what what do you think would be like on the high end of a return for any of those starting pitchers like Kyle and Strong? Yeah, I mean, and I, even Willie. Well, I mean, Kyle Hendricks is going to have to pitch a lot better if, if we're going to get any return for him. And I don't mean to say that disrespectfully, but he's got a negative point uh, one F WAR, and he got bounced around the other day, and it seems like it's been this Jekyll and Hyde type pitcher, which we were not seeing for so many years we always saw Hendricks have a really slow start many people said it was because he's a sinker baller and he's kind of he has to get into form with that pitch and it's so specific and it's it's uh, obviously the details are are so important for him uh that if anything was off he wasn't going to pitch well but he's got to prove that he can be consistent and he's not going to have you know a seven inning uh you know one or no run uh, outing, and then he'll get absolutely bombed the next one. So, um, a realistic return, I, I think it's too early to tell, and I, I haven't looked at enough myself. But it would be, I mean, I would say it's very realistic to what the Cubs got last year. I know a lot of Cubs fans really okay. like it. PCA looks great. Um, Killian looks really, really good. But at the same time, like, we don't really know – we need Wilson to be healthy. Yeah. We need him to be playing well going into the trade deadline. I, I just hate that we're talking about that right now, considering I know. this wasn't the expectation of this season. Or at least this was not the expectation that was told to Cubs fans by the leaders of the Chicago Cubs. So it's tough. I'll look more into it. I'll talk to more people about it. But it's hard for me to say, you know, when we're not even in June yet. But I, I appreciate yeah. the question and understand the understand the viewpoint. Fair enough. Thanks, Trayson. I appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, Trayson. All right, next thing we have Joe Rat. Joe, how you doing? Great. Long time, first time. What's up, Joe? Um, I just have a series of questions. So do we have more resources than the Giants? Do we have more resources than the Giants? I would say they're pretty yep. equal. Gi- Giants fans yep. show out, wouldn't you say? Yep. I mean, I, I think it's relatively equal. I think what the Giants front office has done has been fantastic, yep. playing in a division that's so much harder than what the Cubs are dealing with. I mean, the Dodgers are an absolute just monster of an organization, a top five minor league team with a giant payroll that's won the division for the last 10 yep. years. I would kill to have a team like the goddamn Dodgers every single year. Just what an absolute – monster organization and it's a shame that it's in los angeles where no one could give a damn about that team anyway okay go on the brewer this is rhetorical but the brewers the brewers um, we out resource them oh my god always have oh my god when was the last time we developed a good starting pitcher uh i would say good starting pitcher we we're we're probably seeing it right now in justin Steele. i hope he's the guy i don't know if he's the okay. starter long term but it hasn't been a while i think everyone would, would agree right. with that yes um the rays we have 
of course, they're a small market team. Yeah. I'm just naming all these contenders that have been contending and have been better than us. We have the same record as the Pirates. I who know. have wondered every transaction for the last decade. I know. It's you cannot, bad. You cannot, we cannot be fed this BS after Theo leaves. To not be able to replenish in seven years with a great offense for four years after the World Series, inexcusable. And, I mean, you can't feed a fan base like ours that BS. I agree. <laughs> I mean, we see right through it. I mean, for the last three years, it's been – I mean, I have no answers. I can't figure it out because it's been <laughs> – I mean it, – No, it's bad. No, I, since I the pre-07-08 back-to-back, like, division series, I mean, before that, you know, the middling, just crawling to the end of this season. I mean, we would sell out every game, but it was just <laughs> – Folks – we haven't crazy. won a playoff game since 2017. That's why I right. think it's crazy where fans will get mad and say, you're being too pessimistic. What did you expect? No. It's like we haven't won a two playoff game since 2017. Like When you have this many resources, you are, have to have these expectations. Exactly. Or else we turn into a team that you would think was a low payroll, like the Royals or something. Like, Yeah. Then we have to demand more. I mean, that's – <laughs> I want we to- wanted a dynasty. We built an infrastructure for it. Theo leaves for reasons, his good reasons. He leaves behind a model for it. What do we do with it? I hear you. We I, well, I think I think one people. I, I think some people would push back and say Theo, in the end, uh, obviously knew that his relationship with the Ricketts wasn't going to work out because Theo wanted to take this thing to the goddamn moon, which I appreciate. And he knew it wasn't going to happen. So he was pretty much like, all right, I'm out. I'm not doing this. Not only am I not doing this, but I'm not trading away the guys that I brought here and I have great relationships with. And I'm just going to let give Jed the, uh, the new job, the, you know, the bump up the, the, one of the 30 positions that only 30 guys, 30 people in the world have, and, uh, you know, walk out and potentially find something else down the road. It's, yeah, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a crazy story. I, part of me just, and, and that's why I feel the way I do is because of what we've seen over the last decade. And I think it's been very well documented. And I think fans are, I think many fans are very, very educated on how it's all gone down. And I think especially today, there's there's not a whole lot of secrets in terms of, what has happened and you know who was right and who was wrong and what the deals were and what the negotiations were and all that type of stuff and that's why I'll, that's why I'll just say one picked. last thing yeah i'll just say one last thing well it's kind of an overarching thing but okay so we built this great historic offense but in the meantime we didn't even we didn't figure out <laughs> We still haven't figured out to put the right people develop to develop this kind of pitching we want. I mean, we we yeah. see people in Houston, we see people in in San Fran and the Rays, all the teams I mentioned that churn out absolute stars. Um, so I'm just uh, I, I, I'm just I think at a loss. Not not to talk you off the ledge. I think the Cubs yeah. are obviously going in the right direction in terms of pitching development. It's not. It's not the old, you know, 2015, 16, 17. It's not the Jason McLeod uh, uh, high floor, low ceiling type of pitcher that they were going for for a long time. 
Uh, it's something different. Obviously, the pitch lab has worked that they implemented a few years ago. Obviously, they have a different style of how they're developing pitchers, and it's paying off. They've proven that they can, you know, piece together a bullpen and actually yeah. a very strong bullpen, which is great to see. I my my frustrations don't lie there anymore. My my frustrations lie really from the financial side and really from the messaging and the narrative and the straight up just kind of lying to people's faces. And I, I, I do respect and understand that these, these decision makers can't show all their cards, but I would also argue at the same time, I think the Cubs have always shown their cards because they haven't spent when they were supposed to. Granted, they had really high payrolls, but they didn't want to go totally over the luxury tax every single year. We knew that they weren't trying to extend guys. And if they did, it wasn't to the players' likings. And granted, some of them paid off. Like Anthony Rizzo, was he worth the $75 million? I don't know. He's playing pretty good right now. Javi Baez, not doing really well. Chris Bryant, that's a totally different story in terms of what the, negotiation, the negotiations were because there's some fans that literally will go to the grave and say, the Cubs never offered any extension. Then you have other big, you know, media people like Buster Olney and David Kaplan that said there was a $200-plus million deal on the table. Again, we're, we're going down memory lane here, but um, it's, just the, it's just the reality, and it culminates to what we have now, where, as I said before, we have fans who are fighting over general admission bleacher seats. It's it's something, it, it's something crazy and wild, and I didn't think we would get to this point, especially here in 2022. But I appreciate the takes and, and thoughts, uh, John. If I believe that's your name, but thank Joe. you, I appreciate it. Joe, sorry. And Joe, one question before you go. Moving from one amateur team in Chicago to another. I saw you quote tweeted trash to the boot and boots FC or uh, this past weekend. Just oh, want to hear what, nice. what the reason was for and oh, that's what it happened. Nice. Wait, 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 what happened? You quote tweeted the trash emoji on the boot mm. and boots tweet. Oh, Joe, that's not nice. Wait, what was the tweet? It was a map of America and all of the supporters of boot and boots FC. And oh. you quote tweeted trash. Oh, Joe. <laughs> Joe, any that's comment? Sorry for another, Adam. We'll get into that later, but I won't let Joe off the hook for that because I'm a supporter of the Boot and Boots too. Um, I can't remember exactly what was going <laughs> through my head, but uh, I'm just uh, not a big uh, footie ball fan, I guess. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll, uh, I cannot we'll, take we'll it get back that either. Later. Just yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about it off, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Big fan, thank you. Yeah, I, I couldn't uh, not forget the Joe Rat quote tweet, but thanks for calling in. All right, uh, I think Twitter like jumbles everybody up, so like everyone's spots gets jumbled. So apologize if I'm skipping around incorrectly. I believe it's Ryan, then Cody, then Zach. Ryan, you're up next. How you doing, Don? What's up, Ryan? How are you? Hey, doing good, doing good. Number one, Cubs and four. I don't care who Cubs we're playing. Always, always. I don't give a goddamn um, who we play. Hey, we're going to – who knows? We could turn it around. Be, it won't be the best comeback, but it will be beautiful nonetheless. Potentially. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but you never know. <laughs> um, 
we're talking about, you know, starting pitchers and developing. And I just kept going down memory lane starting this morning saying, you know, the obvious shirts collection put out the Mark Pryor um, collection and Mark Pryor single-handedly the only reason I started being a Cubs fan. I just yeah. loved that guy. I thought, you know, he could be something. And I'd be lying. If, if people say he wasn't anything, they're lying through their teeth. No, he, he was a beast. 2003. Yeah, he was a um, so I was starting to think about this morning. Um, we had, I think, three of our some of the most dominant pitchers of our time. We had Mark Pryor, Kerry Wood, Jake Arrieta. Yep. And I was thinking about if there's like you know a game seven ball, in the, you know game on the line, who do you want to have the ball in that game out of all three of those people? Jake, it's not even close. Jake, that, that's prime where time, I was leaning. 2015, six, uh, 2014, 15, Jake. Not even close. One of the best pitchers of all time. He was Jesus Christ in the flesh. He was Church of Jake for a reason. Um, I don't even have. I don't even have to think twice about it. He was. He literally shut fans up, and he told them he was going to do so, and then threw practically threw no hitters on command. It was uh, something like we'll never see before. Yeah, that's where I was going for. Like, yeah, like you were talking about you know bashing the LA fans. I'll be the first to say I live in LA, and I'll be. You're right. They show up by the second or third yeah. inning. Leave by the seventh inning, long as they have their Instagram of them singing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game," then yep. they're out of the park. No, they're out. Um, yeah. And then every time I see that pitching change, I see or you know or pitching coach, you see Mark Pryor walk out there. I get a little sad every time seeing him out there. So I was just thinking, man, he'll be a great manager someday. So get, I'm hoping big, you know they bring him back to Wrigley. I think he could do great things for our team. But biggest calves of all time. Just oh, a, monster. just an absolute horse. From USC, speaking of LA, absolutely uh, to- total, just a total beast, and it's too bad what happened to him. It's crazy that was twenty years ago, um, but yeah, I yeah, so many fans do. It, you know, it's it, not to bring Sammy into this, but like that's kind of why I've always had the stance on Sammy that I've taken because a, it's ridiculous, but also because Sammy is synonymous for bringing so many Cubs fans to. Wrigley and the federal landmark in right. Chicago and all that stuff that it matters matters to the point where like we're talking about Mark, Mark Pryor who wasn't you know a third of the player Sammy social so Sammy Sosa was but still associates him with their fandom and them being Cubs fans and them you know just rooting for this team on a day in day out basis even if you live across the country it's it's crazy and that's why that's why this team should be better than what they are Bottom line, yeah. bottom line. I keep going back to it, but it's just it, – it's sad that, that the team is taking the approach and we're just not as – we're just not as aggressive as we should be in terms of, you know, keeping each season sacred and trying to put a competitive uh, product on the field. Absolutely. And then the last thing I wanted to, I wanted to touch on, you know, speaking of the nostalgic era um, – do you think under the Ricketts ownership, will Sammy will come back? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I don't think under no, the Ricketts. No, I don't. They will. I actually don't. Yeah, I don't. I, I think if he, I think if he would have come back, I, I think if he was going to come back, it would have happened already. Maybe I'll be totally wrong. I'd love to be totally wrong, but no, I don't. I think, I think Tom, I think Crane are very prideful. I think they have very strong opinions. They obviously have strong enough opinions to act the way they do and kind of give a big F you to the fans on many different mm-hmm. occasions. 
Um, and yeah, no, I, I think, I think Sammy's going to have to apologize. I don't believe Sammy needs to apologize. I think it I was legal at the time. He wasn't doing anything wrong at yeah, that no, time. Yeah, no, hey, it's, uh, I don't want to say it's water under the bridge now, but I think, you know, cooler heads should prevail and they obviously haven't. And if you want to blame Sammy for that, fine. But uh, I think he's one of the, he's one of the most important, important Chicago Cubs of all time. He brought me to the, not only to the game, but to the Cubs, even though I grew up here, he brought my parents, you know, uh, to the federal landmark who brought me to the federal landmark and, you know, made me excited about the team and be the Cubs fan that I am today. So yeah, I feel the same way about Sammy that you do with Mark Pryor. And I just, it's a shame. It's a shame that we're at this point and it's a shame that we can't get him throughout the first pitch and show up to a game one time, even though we can parade out Conor McGregor and we can parade out plenty of other people and Mark Grace with two felonies and whole, a whole assortment of things. It's a shame. Uh, and it's definitely very, very hypocritical, and it shows exactly how Cubs ownership and leaders there view uh, the situation and the organization itself. That's all I'm going to say. Absolutely. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. Zachary Kendall up next. What's up, guys? Can you hear me? What's up? How you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing good. Um, obviously you don't seem to be in a good mood and I will, I would, I don't blame you. I I'm not be in a either. bad mood. I'm just not, I'm not going to BS my way around it. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not going to, I'm listen, I'm the one that wants to gas up this team, but I can't gas them up right now. I can't even spin it. I can't even fake it. They're just not just, it's, it's not it right now. Yeah, I, I get that, you know, losing three to the Diamondbacks, not expecting that at all. And it just truly shows where the Cubs are at because, you know, the revenue-wise, they're top three. If, yeah, they're top three in baseball, or they should be, and their their payroll is middle of the pack. Yep. Plus, at the same time, you know, you're seeing the other top teams. I mean, the Red Sox aren't doing that great, but the Yankees, they've been phenomenal to start the year. The Dodgers are the Dodgers, of course. Yep. But I have, a, I have a question about um, the prospects. You know, obviously – We've seen the flashes on the farm this season. I actually read somewhere where the Cubs and the combined win percentage of all four minor league affiliates is tops in baseball. Yep, best in baseball. Yep. Which is, you know, promising. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that the they'll be impact players, but, I mean, it's a good thing, a good step in the right direction. But my question is, you know, the front office doesn't like the tip its hat. Our front office doesn't like the tip its hat towards what they're going to do. Yep. You know – and we're probably going to trade Wilson Contreras, but I'm talking about in the future with the prospects we're going to have. Do you what prospects do you see us keeping, and which ones do you see us trading away to get impact players, if at all? Honestly, I I think Jed is going to go about it differently. I don't. Again, this is so down the line that uh, it, it's even hard to speak on. But I think Jed. Very much like Theo, he's going to be cut from the same cloth, and he's not he's not going to want to get rid of guys, and he's not going to want to make a Jose Quintana for Eloy trade. Even though, geez, I mean that how the tables have turned on that trade. Not to rub it in for any Sox fans, but I know they're not feeling very good about their team right now. Um, it, it's so hard to say. It's so early, and honestly, that's why the Dodgers have been who they are because. 
they have so much talent, but they also don't trade away all their talent. They keep their talent, they develop their talent, and they establish a new team, not only from the players they already have, but also from key free agents like Freddie Freeman, and we can go on and on, Mookie Betts, right? Like, they've proven that that is the best model in doing so. And everyone wants to say, it's so ridiculous when people say, well, they've only won the 60-game World Series. Like, fine, but they've been the best organization in baseball for the last decade. Something that I thought the Cubs would be, but they're not. Something that I thought the Cubs could strive to be, but they're not trying to be. And it's just... uh Man, man, it's frustrating. Just thinking about the Dodgers and what they have is just so, so, so frustrating. I know they have an incredible TV deal, and I know they're making so much money off of that. But just thinking about where the Cubs have put their resources and their focus, uh, while well, say the Ricketts family have put their focus towards, whether it be an international soccer team. I know the Dodgers have done the same thing, but it's totally different because the Dodgers actually take care of business or if it's the sports book or if it's all the real estate ventures and it's all these other, you know, ancillary things that don't pertain to the actual nine guys on the baseball field every given day at the federal landmark. It's just troubling and frustrating. And I don't necessarily have an answer for you on who's going to stay and who's going to go, but, um, it's hard to, it's hard to not be kind of frustrated about you know, what's going on or what has gone on the last few years, even if the minor league minor league teams are doing fantastic, which I'm happy about. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I don't want to wait three years before we're no. back in contention whatsoever. So, three years. I mean, come on, man. three years. If you're not counting this year, it's crazy to think about that. Yeah, it's even crazy. Five year old, if that happens, it's like I mean, Christ, it's crazy. No, can't be five years. Anyways. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, one one last thing. Um, I think the best moment of the season, obviously, besides you know, Saya, his first month in baseball was absolutely brilliant, and our rookie of the month. Um, but the best moment of the season, I be- I believe, was probably Christopher Mor- Morale. Or Mor- yeah, Morrell, yeah, Morrell, Christopher Morrell, and, yep. and Brandon Hughes. I think that's his name. Um, they were absolutely brilliant in their debuts, and you just saw the packed house. The energy was there, and I read somewhere where they said the fun that Cubs are about to become relevant again, or the fun is about to become. That's because you saw it. That moment right there, that game right there, just shows why the goddamn Cubs are different from every single team in baseball. It's different here. Cubs and four. Let's go. God bless. Yeah. So it's why your expectations should be so high for this team because of what, you know, the atmosphere can be any given night. And it's why so many Cubs fans are mad, frustrated, pissed, uh, at a loss for words when we have the second worst record in baseball. You're absolutely right. Thanks again. I appreciate it. Yep. No problem, Dom. Take care. God bless. God bless. Thanks, Zach. All right, we got Matt, and then uh, we'll bring a guest on after that. Matt, how's it going? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys doing? What's up, Matt? All right, so I'm just going to – first of all, I want to say I'm wearing my uh, Northside Golden Era shirt, so shout out Dom for that. Thank um, you. Yeah, of course. But what I want to say is I'm going to go a little positive here. I know we're talking about the Dodgers and how they develop and stuff, 
Uh, you got to look at how they've had guys like Chris Taylor, who was a first-round pick from the Mariners, um, and they picked him up for practically nothing. Uh, Justin Turner, Max Muncy, those are all guys that weren't anything. And for they sure. developed them into ball players, you know? For sure. And I, I feel like we're kind of doing that a little bit. You look at, like, Patrick Wisdom, Frank Swindell, like, those are guys that no one knows. Um, and they're, you know, I mean, obviously they're not producing what we want them to, but they're, they're serviceable big leaguers at this point. Yeah, I, I, I would – listen, there's no one that loves Frank more than I do. Frank is really struggling right now. Like, I know he hit the home run yesterday, but he's having a tough time. Patrick Wisdom, if it wasn't for the home runs and the defense, which are important, obviously, uh, would be having a hard time. But you, you're right. Yeah, I think the Cubs – listen, they're, they're doing well at the margins, but I think it's the big ticket things that are – really holding them back. It was obviously, you know, not hitting on a pitcher for a decade, um, not supplementing the team more than they already did, not, uh, well, clearly trying to go for it in 20 and 21, and then obviously this year being a mess. Um, And it's also the fact that they've, decided to focus their effort on different things. I, I Like, I agree they're doing a better job developing than they did 10 years ago. They have a better infrastructure. They have a better farm system. Well, farm system in the sense of development. They have a better plan of how they actually want to develop these players. Um, but at the end of the day, it's that's not always enough, and it takes literally every facet of a team and an organization to truly win and not only win, but just like be consistently competitive. Like if the Cubs were the Dodgers or say a step below the Dodgers, like playoffs every year, trying free agents, maybe they didn't win a world series, but they were at least like going for it and prove that they could be consistent winners. I'd feel different. And they had that for a little bit, but they just, whether it was, you know, closing the season, super uh, lackadaisically for many, many years and saying the offense is broken but never changed the offense and, and this type of stuff, it just brings back bad memories and also puts into perspective how hard it is to win and knowing the next time we go around in whatever competitive window you want to call it, things are going to have to be different. And I don't know if they will be different to this point. And I don't know if Jed and Tom specifically – has learned from the lessons that happened from the last golden era or the golden era or the last competitive window. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but it, again, it's, it's, it's why I tweeted out today. They have to prove us differently that this is not the same thing as 2012. Same, very similar uh, farm system rankings, three players in the top MLB 100, same exact payroll, same exact record, how is this different than 2012? You got to prove it to us. You have to prove it to us. 100%. 100%. All right, do you mind if I ask one more question? Go for it, Matt. You're probably the last one, but go for it. All right, sweet. So I'm also a huge Bears fan. I, uh, God bless Justin Fields. We need Whose infrastructure Fields do you like more? For... We need them. <laughs> Who do you think is better set up for success in the new future, the Bears or the Cubs? Oh, it's a great <laughs> um, oh my God, that's a great question. Jesus Christ. I'm going to say, 
I'm going to say the Bears because if Justin Fields is a good player and you, and if you have a good quarterback, then you're you're pretty much set. You're pretty much going to be consistently in it. You're going to be you're going to have a chance every single day or every every given Sunday, right? Um, right now, we don't know what the Cubs are going to be. Like Brennan Davis, he's the future, but he's having a hard time. PCA really young. I, like Marcus Stroman, I don't think it's going to be around when the Cubs are really good. Um, it's just it, everything, everything seems so far out where at least Justin Fields f- feels immediate and close and uh, obviously a lot of hope there where if you can get him right, then I think the Bears have a better chance for success than the Cubs because while it's really hard to win the NFL, like trying to win a World Series is I don't want to say almost impossible, but like really, really tough. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, that, that's what I would say. Justin, yeah, we need Justin Fields to have a great year, and I'm looking forward to Justin Fields having a great year. I have to do. I do have an answer. A little bit of an answer for Matt. I think was it Matt? It was, yes, sir. All right, I do agree with Dom. I do think it's the Bears, and it comes down to this. It all comes back down to trust. Do you trust Tom to give Jed? the necessary resources it is to compete. Cause remember he sent out, the, out that letter that said, we have the resources that are necessary to compete and we will use them. He went out and got Marcus Stroman. I, I do believe that he was, he's possibly a trade candidate this summer. He got Seiya Suzuki, you know, he's awesome, but you, you kind of feel like they missed out a little bit on trying to get, you know, another impactful guy. I mean, Correa is not really lighting up the world by any means, but he still, you feel like he missed, they missed out a little bit. So in terms of that, I think this all comes down to trust, and yes, I do believe the Bears are the best suited right now. And and I I don't mean to cut you off, Zach, and I don't mean to you rain on your parade, but trust between the McCaskies and the Ricketts family is a oh that that that's a tough question, but I understand your point. Hundred percent, and the, and I'm just gonna bounce back on what you said. I know this is off topic, but. They said they were going to give Justin Fields help, and is Dakota Dozier at right guard really as good as signing Seiya Suzuki or Marcus Stroman? I love that we've gotten. I love that we've gotten here. I, I'm sorry. I I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I love that we're talking right guards for, for Justin Fields. That that's how pissed off we are, and I appreciate that. We just want to win, man. We just want to win. I know we do. I want to win too. I'm pissed off, man. I want to beat the Dick Ballers by thirty tonight. Let's do it. We better. Cubs and four. Cubs and four. Oh my God. God bless you all. Thank you, guys. <laughs> of course, I've been right guards. Talk, That's where we're at about, the Cubs. As Jason was saying. We're going to talk about Dozier, right guard, whatever, and Justin Fields today, Adam. That's I think how, everything is fair game when the Cubs are, are where they're at. People are losing their goddamn minds. Speaking of, though, and Jason, you might want to cover your ears for this one because we're going back to the bleachers and – it's because we were talking about morale. It's about not just the players and getting to the stats, but it's the Twitter fan base. It's it's the people and the fans. So we're bringing in my Thai guy from the bleachers. Oh, this is great. We're going to need a little bit of, of insight from him. He's got a lot of experience, obviously, from the bleachers. So welcome in. Hey, guys, can you hear me out there? Mai Tai, how are you? This has been a long time coming. You know I'm a big fan of yours. Thank you for joining. Hey, Dom, I appreciate you. You know, I had the same feelings towards you as well, and I appreciate everything you do for the for the fan base, keeping uh, the morale high. It's great. It's Absolutely. Fantastic. It was always a gamer. Yeah, that's what they tell me, you know. <laughs> it was always a gamer. 
You know it, sir. Absolutely. So give us a perspective on this piece. We know you're one of the biggest grinders out there in the bleachers. We know you go to every single game. For God's sakes, I, I don't even know what you do for a living or how you can even make it to every single game. But but give us your uh, vantage point or your perspective on what happened on Saturday. Well, you know, uh, I want to give a little background real quick. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. The things that you learn out there. Uh, I've been taught so many lessons, and I continue to learn lessons. That's why I keep going. It's a great place. Yeah. Uh, you learn them fast, though. You learn them real fast out there. So, you know, you got to have a thick skin kind of, if you know what I mean. I appreciate uh, that. Yep. But but as far as uh, as far as the bleacher thing, you know, um, it, it's strange because I think it's the only um, only stadium that still allows that in the MLB where I, they're not assigned seats. So it it's um, what do you call it? It's, um, it's very unique. It's a unique, unique situation. So, I mean, they let us in. For the bleacher season tickets, we get five minutes. That's kind of our little grace period. That's kind of what the club does for us. So when you got grinders like me and Jeff and yep. Al, I don't want to miss anybody, but you get the idea. You know, yep. we show up. I can't tell you when, but real early, man. I mean, we, we take time. Somebody, somebody did the math. If you go to 81 games and show up the same time that we do, it's three weeks of your life. You spend waiting just to oh go. My. Wait, is that in one season? One season, sir. Jesus Christ. Yes, yeah, so I can understand why you'd be pissed. I get it. It's it's nuts, man. You know, and, and and don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, some people show up late. We we do save seats. What's the protocol behind that? You know, where's the line for a lot of these things? But again, like I said, we we do it because we want to do it. We enjoy yeah. being there. I want to make an experience out of it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And I have a love for the team, the players that come, the players that leave. You know, this is what you know makes things uh, so special. And I love to be a part of it. It, it. It's so humbling for me to be a part of it and to be known and to get these compliments. And you get the hate. That's just how it is. I get it. Um, yeah. But, you know, every day is different. Take it as it is. Uh, yeah, it sucked. Yeah, it's BS. But the person that took those seats, they did either they really knew and really didn't give a damn or they didn't know. And we had a season ticket holder, a new one, come up to us. We were all kind of gathered in the well the other day. And, uh, hey, guys, I'm a new season ticket holder. And we're telling her, okay, hey, this is what we do. And there's no pushing. There's no fighting. Everyone's going to get their seat. But you got to be there early. You got to be there early. And even if you're not there early, you know, like I said, we'll leave a towel. We'll watch it for you. It happens. You can't yeah. be there every day. I get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. I, I, love, I love the insight that you're giving. I, and I totally understand. It's a... It's a, uh, it's its own um, universe within within Wrigley. It's something that we don't even see. Like I don't want to say I'm a casual fan, but the fan that doesn't go as to as many games clearly as you or, or someone else, like I wouldn't even know that because I I'm not someone who gets there hours before the game, right? Like, uh, and I really appreciate that standpoint and understand why something like Saturday ex es escalated to the point where it did. Absolutely. Like I said, you know, if, if you don't know how it how it actually goes down, people think, oh, it's general mission. Come as you are. Well, yeah, that's that's how it how it is. But if you don't know how that season ticket holders get in five minutes early, they, they let, that they let the gates open five minutes early. You, you, you figure everyone's getting let at the same time. Everyone's the same time. Yeah, yeah. We, we get a little grace period. We pay our money for that grace period. You see what yep. I'm saying? Yep, I get it. Yeah, I mean, I think this is definitely going to I mean. You can probably speak more to it than I can. I can imagine some type of protocol might change in the future or some things might be clarified in the future. Or maybe, I, I, not to sound radical, but maybe 
there's some type of change to the general mission seats. Maybe, maybe you get a point where uh, season ticket holders can actually like buy their seat in the bleachers. I don't know. You can speak more to it than I can. You probably all feel a, a certain way about it, obviously. And, and I, I appreciate that. I, again, as I, as I said earlier, I love the fact that you or not you specifically, but a fan is saving seats while I can't necessarily stand by it and say like, that is hundred percent the right move. I understand it and I can empathize why the fan was mad and why there was an actual confrontation that took place. I mean, I think that's, that's really what it comes down to is people understanding it from your perspective, right? How, yep. how you do it, how you, how you perceive it. And I think that's what it really came down to people telling you that your perspective is, is perspective is wrong or your opinion is wrong. Well, then now there, there's where things get a little heated. You know what I'm saying? Yep. For sure. I, just just to cap it off, I, I love the, the, the part that you mentioned that fans are saving bleacher seats. The season ticket holder fans are saving bleacher seats for other season ticket holders who show up every single game. That that warms my heart. And it's just the, the part about this that I, I, I think got lost in all of it is that there are so many fans here that care so much. And like you said, are humbled by the fact that you can be a part of the team and you can show up every single day and you feel like you are part of something, even in a season that is as disappointing as this one has been, is incredibly special and you will not find that in any other ballpark across the country. You just won't find it. Damn, it's different here. You're right. Thank you, Mai Tai. I appreciate it. God bless and thank you for joining. You're the best. God bless. Talk to you soon, man. Front yes. row, you anything you want. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Much yep. love. Amazing. Great the to best. have him on. The best. Needed that perspective. We needed yes. that perspective. Yes. I, again, like, I think cooler heads prevail here. Twitter's obviously a space where everyone's trying to dunk on someone else and call someone an a-hole and say they're a jerk. And listen, I've been down that road. I've been doing this for a long time. My perception has changed on all of it over the years because it just becomes too, I don't want to say toxic, but it just becomes too much. And I think there's a better way to go about it. And I think, I think people will learn from this in the future. I know I've learned from scuffles in the future. I know I wish I would have handled things differently over the years. And I think for the people involved or maybe just an outsider or a, a bystander who's, who's viewing all this happening on Twitter or maybe when it was actually happening in real time on Saturday would handle it a little bit differently. And uh, I guess that's what life's all about to not, not to be too philosophical, but that's kind of what life's all about. Learn life's lessons here on Tom's drive home. All right. I know it's been a long one, so we'll start to wrap it up. Um, of course, we're going to start with uh, Olive Garden. Who are you taking Olive Garden this week? Oh, Justin Steele, our guy shoving has has had fantastic starts over the uh last week you know the sliders coming into form throwing fastballs right off guys i don't want to say he's pitching backwards but he's really showing that that slurve slider we'll have to clarify with him on how he wants to call it he'll probably just call it a breaking ball because that's how he is and he's so down to earth and i adam adam is it not super fitting regarding the conversations we've had with Justin, the fact that he goes out and has his best start of the year on the camo hat day. It's just so, it's so him. It's perfect. And, uh, 
things that warm my heart. Like the, that's one of them. Just seeing a, a just a country guy roll tide through and through out there shoving on camo hat Cubs thing. It's, it's just uh, it's something else. It was awesome to see. So yeah, I'm taking them to Olive Garden. Uh, get breadsticks with them. He's the he's the best. I like I I've had a lot of uh, conversations and talks and relationships with players. And I have not found someone like him who is as unassuming and as just down to earth as he is. And um, it's just fantastic to watch. It's great to watch. And he's one of the bright spots in a season that uh, has been tough so far. But hopefully that changes. And um, yeah, just super happy for him, especially after the couple tough starts or tough breaks that he had at the beginning of the season. Uh, and hopefully can continue it forward uh, for the rest of the year. Hopefully we can bring him on the, the morale club out soon. Yeah, soon. We'll get it going. Or do, uh, like you've been saying, a longer like sit-down podcast with him. Hopefully that will happen soon. This summer. Yeah, ballers. Take us in this week. <sighs> Folks, this is – I don't – I say it every week, and I'm not. It's a big it. week. I'm not. No, no, I'm not saying it's a big week because this really isn't a big week. It's just more telling of where the Cubs and the Dick Ballers are in relation to one another. Like we should never be in the same spot as the Dick Ballers when their president goes out and says, "Like literally, we're not going to do anything to this team, and you don't have any say in it because you have nowhere else to go." Which is such like a. Uh, just such a rude thing to say to a fan base. Um, we should not be in the same boat as the Reds and the Dick Ballers and just the team that has been absolutely horrid for the last decade. Well, the last like seven or eight years, even though they did have the one playoff uh, appearance there. But yeah, it's it shouldn't be the case. I think someone, I'll, I'll look at it before the game. I think the Reds payroll is like 30 million or 20 million. Um, just just shouldn't be the case so hopefully we can take care of business win feel better about ourselves and go into what i'm assuming will should be a tough stretch coming up right it's the reds yep. and then who it, it starts getting Fox, hard again cardinals brewers yeah, and and I, was, I was just looking at it today uh june uh let's see june 11th 12th and 13th we were in first place last year swept the Cardinals at home. We're like 10 games above 500. And I just feel so far removed from that. And all I was wishing for this year, maybe for the not, maybe I didn't want the, well, I wanted the Cubs, but I didn't think the Cubs would be in first. I just wanted some moment where we could experience that Cardinal series from last year. Cause that was so much fun. I was at that Sunday night game uh, when the Cubs beat the Cardinals, swept the Cardinals. And um, yeah. Yeah, if that were to happen, it's, it's, we it would be so sweeping the Yankees you uh, this year. So <laughs> that'd say be some again? feeling. If we were to sweep that weekend, we'd be sweeping the Yankees. That would that would be that would be fun. It's going to be fun to see Rizzo. I know that's down the line, but I don't know these seasons go fast, man. Like we're already two months into it. It's it it's crazy. It's it's crazy. But um, yeah, hopefully, take care of the Dick Ballers, and then we have the tough schedule coming up, and we'll see what happens. And, Probably won't be very good, but I'll be cheering. I'll be rooting for them, and I'm hoping that they're going to win. And I'm hopefully we're going to see some really good performances, especially from guys we really need it going forward. All right, that's it. I that was a long one. That was a big time one. 
Big time, but we got uh, – it's just been too long. I think sure Fred's been sitting in the driveway for a while. So hopefully you guys can join in next week. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for joining. God bless you. God bless. Have a great day. God bless. God bless you, Eric and Matt, next week. Yeah. Thanks, my guy. guy. Thanks, my guy. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you. See you. Anytime, guys. Step before. See you, Reds.